was there. I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> this week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. And I I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I'm Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. Uh, we have so much fun stuff going on this week. Um, I've been diving into the archives and looking up stories about old-timey Delmarva and it has just been it's 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 become the highlight of my Wednesday morning. I'm going to I'm not going to lie and pretend like I've been working on it all week, but I have Wednesday morning cleared to kind of go through the paper so I can pick something fresh. And I found more stories than I can use. And the story I have today um, is about Dewey Beach. And I think you're going to get a huge kick out of it. Um, I, look, I look forward to it. But before we get to that, we each week like to talk about one cool thing that's happened to us during the week. And um we're going to start with Todd's one cool thing, and then we're going to go to commercial break. And then we're going to um, talk about the history of Dewey beach and Rehoboth and, and the reason we all feel the way we feel about summer people. Let me put it that way. <laughs> that's a good, that's a fair enough way to put it. Yes. Uh, I, looking forward to it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into it so we can get to that for sure. Uh, you know, one cool thing I mentioned right before we came on air that, uh, you know, work here, live here. And sometimes I lose sight of all of the cool things that I am very fortunate to be part of. And, you know, we have always done this one cool thing just so that we have a subject to kind of go off and, and start talking about. But I realize the, you know, a large portion of my job is sitting in front of my computer screens and going through uh, footage of that I've edited. Uh, a lot of times it's music and fun and uh, bars and restaurants uh, and and some other, you know, equally fun and interesting and cool things. So I, I in that vein, you know, just kind of talking about some of the projects that I have been working on that I don't feel it doesn't feel like work, um, you know, and most recently I've been doing an edit for Freeman stage, which, you know, all summer long, uh, has some great acts that come, uh, I'm sorry, now it's Freeman arts pavilion and, uh, is continuing to grow, but I think most people know it as a, a venue. Um, right. And, uh, you know, some, some big acts, some small acts, uh, we, we've talked about it plenty on, on the show. Uh, what we've talked about less is what they do when it's not summertime. You know, when it's not those 13 weeks of uh, when you're not constantly getting the same thing that we do when it's not summertime, when you're, which is when it's like not constantly getting ready for what was coming up in the next 45 seconds. You know, yes. Yes. Take, taking a breather and getting organized and planning and things like that. Yes. And, and you know, one of their one of their big charters and one of uh, Josh's uh, things was before he died and what Michelle Freeman has carried on is uh, exposing uh, young people to the arts, especially in the Sussex County area where Freeman Arts Pavilion and, and the Freeman companies um, have been for a number, number of years. 
And so they have this arts and education program. And I, I think I talked about it a couple months ago when I actually recorded it. Um, but going through the footage and uh, listening to the so program. What was the, what was the topic of the program? Okay, so the, the program I, I talked about, and Kelly was there, and so I'm, re, I'm remembering that we did speak to this, but it was a educational hip-hop show about oh, that's the right. civil rights movement. And so much better than it sounds. Yes, we did a whole <laughs> so, show on this. And so much Kelly better. Kelly came home and she's like, listen, trust me. <laughs> You're, it, it's going to sound like something uh, awful, but... It, it really was. And actually, and going through and, and uh, kind of uh, going through interviews that I had taken of both teachers and uh, a couple of the foundation uh, members and organizers for Worcester County Schools, you know, like it was it was fun to see uh, the it was fun to see the performers. They were incredibly talented and have been doing it for a long time. It was great to see the reaction of the kids and uh, that they really seemed to enjoy it. And these are middle school kids and, right. you know, maybe they're a little bit easier to please, but I don't know. Recently, I'm telling you, not. Kelly, Kelly spoke very highly of the program and yeah. she knew her audience and she could see my like, and eh, she's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Listen, this is really, if there's a way to do it well, it was done well. Is, is yes. Kind of how- yeah, and and I think um, in going through these interviews, the thing that really kind of stuck out were the the organizers uh, themselves mentioning, you know, someone like Kelly, who puts a lot of thought into what it takes to reach a kid, let alone a kid on the Eastern Shore uh, that you know has has seen very little, if any live performance and to see something that is, you know, and also a kid on a school on an arts school trip, because that, that is eye rolling for a kid. It's like, we're going to go learn about art. And he's like, I should have been sick today. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that that's what really stuck with me. The, the piece that I just put together was a, you know, what arts, uh, you know, in, in one word, uh, what do the arts mean? And, uh, you know, the, the, the sense of complete being and without art, there would be, you know, nothing. Um, and these are the teachers conveying it and what it takes to grab the heartstrings of the kids, um, in in an educational, uh, aspect. It was, was really, it was, you know, my one cool thing this week for sure. And are you going to, is that, is that a for public or is that, are we going to be able to ever see this or is yeah. it just for Freeman stage? This will, this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm condensing and getting the message out and they will be putting it out on their, uh, on their socials, um, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook and YouTube. They've, they have embraced, uh, you know, the growing a younger audience, I think, um, mm-hmm. for, with their, with their socials and with their digital marketing and uh, so it's, you know, it's a it's a more constant uh, turn and burn. And this will be part of part of that campaign. Well, now, was that an intentional segue into your commercial or was that it wasn't a, it? W- no, it was. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it was a segue. It wasn't intentional. I uh, it, yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. In my mind, uh, the commercial was going to come first, but it's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's okay. 
I didn't um, write it down. I just memorized all the things we were going to talk about in my head, and I talked about them as they came out of my head. So go in week, one way and come out in the reverse way. Each week we're sponsored by a local business, and generally it's going to be Todd's business because I don't have any business right now that's not um, writing for death care that I need to talk about. You can always follow me socially, and you can, of course, subscribe to my newsletter at abagomanifesto.com. But if you're subscribed to the destination, not destination, to the Day Drinking on Delmarva um, substack, then you'll get all of that stuff anyway, and you'll get little heads up. And this week, actually, you know, welcome to all of our new, we, we had, we, we picked up a bunch of new subscribers this week. So oh, welcome cool. to them. And what we're going to talk about now, and now that I've completely ruined your segue, is... <laughs> Is this idea of of children, children and interns um, mm-hmm. and who you should put in charge of your social media? Like my my niece really likes Snapchat is not. It's not what you should do for your business. You know, you should mm-hmm. let your niece do her Snapchat. And um, a lot of times and it's it's such a, you know, especially as the spring comes up especially in media, even I, it's like, do you need any interns? I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I mean, we interns, the 98%, um, 98% of interns are not just a waste of your time and energy, but also a waste of their time and energy because what they think they're going to do isn't what they're going to do. And what they are capable of doing isn't what you need them to do. And it's a lot of it's a lot of checking up and if it's someone that you know and that you're trying to mentor then you know that's fine but you know and i'm a graduate of salisbury university so i'm not going to knock the institution but the number of business kids that they pour out on the business community and they say let these kids work for you and then they are fucking useless yeah it's it's <laughs> at, it's, at it's best, mind boggling at best I, useless, at worst an an impediment. Yeah, and it's and it's like are you how are you going to earn a living? You must be working. You're going to work at dad's uh car car dealership, right? Cuz you're not going to get right. a real job. Like right. you're not going to get a job on your own merits because you're dumb and lazy. And <laughs> and it's this... not like I had one bad experience. This is 20 years of hey, I'd like to I'd like to help you in the media business um mm-hmm. and it's always it's it's always people who clearly are not prepared to earn a living um, yeah but i don't well, know if that's precisely what you wanted to talk about but that's what that's what pinged me when we started talking about how important it is to have someone who's qualified to run your social media and you know digital life generally if you're not going to do it yourself well and uh, this idea um, that is tempting to everybody is to uh, of paying a low wage employee, you know, in the restaurant industry, maybe it's the hostess or even whether, you know, and actually even paid employees, but still like somebody who's that that is not their main job. You know, there's there are definitely some some pros, uh, but mostly cons to to that idea. And I think any sensible business person, when you sit down and you look at it, you know, can understand that. I mean, obviously it's, it's cheap or, or inexpensive labor. Um, you know, I, I feel like businesses who aren't very tech savvy or, uh, social media or digital media savvy, 
you know, just feel like that is the opportunity to check a box that like, okay, yeah, we, you know, we, we do digital somebody. and it doesn't work. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, social and media doesn't really work for us because our hostess never goes viral. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and, and the idea of hiring an intern or a college kid or a young person, uh, presumably, it, you know, they're, they're on top of the latest trends and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, like, oh, you're young and hip. Like you mentioned, you know, my niece is like Snapchat. And just because you know what Snapchat is, doesn't mean you can understand, you know, how how it all plays together. And so, you know, obviously, uh, I, I think as far as cheap labor goes, you, you get you absolutely get what you pay for. Um, you know, as far as checking the box you're you're leaving a lot on the table in terms of strategy and overall look and feel and um you know an actual uh you know marketing plan of any well, sort that's and that's always the problem companies too often and and in funeral in funeral service as well as as I'm discovering you know there are companies excuse me <laughs> there are companies who go in and train funeral homes how to do their social media because it's it's an important aspect of being discovered and especially in a business where discoverability is like you know restaurant closest to me you know you want that to look good you know mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you've that you've encouraged five star reviews you want to make sure that you've responded to three or lower star reviews at mm -hmm. least to acknowledge that you saw them. You want to highlight the things that are good and you don't want to just slapdash stuff out there so that you can say you have a social media presence presence. Cause I mean, you wouldn't hire an intern to be your general manager. You want someone who wants to. So there's nothing wrong with an intern unless as long as that intern is going to be a social media manager, once their internship is over, like, Someone yeah. who is someone who understands that it's more than just finding, you know, taking a, a yellow picture of a yellow plate and putting it on and putting it on the Internet and say, you know, hey, look, we have mashed potatoes and chicken tonight. You know, it's right. Yeah, right. Right. Often poorly conceived. And yeah. Um, well, and, it, and it's interesting, too, because, I mean, we've had uh, we've had a couple interns probably the most successful was like you said, much more of a mentorship. Um, and this was somebody who uh, became very close to the business. And I had said, uh, Maddie, who you might remember, I remember. Uh, I, said, I'm a, I said, give me three years. You know, I mean, it was like a, a commitment, <laughs> you know, and similarly uh, I'm looking at my own uh, uh, kid, Nellie, who is doing an apprenticeship for uh matt amy as a as a tattooer and i don't feel like apprenticeships uh are as in vogue as they should be i feel like these internships should be more like student teaching or should be more like a an apprenticeship where it's like you are committed to you know <laughs> not slave labor right but, i mean uh, you're committed to this and only this and um it's not to check the boxes of whatever your um, uh, whatever your you know senior marketing 
class requires. Right. But I think to actually to actually learn stuff so that when like you're saying and at the end you are uh that that person. Qualified you know? to qualified to take a job either at the place you're working or at some other place. Yes. Yeah. And I, and, and that goes to the, you know, presuming that the young person is up on things is like the, the, they may be up on things and they may be, they may do a, a great job for a, a short time, but ultimately it's unreliable. Uh, un, they're, you know, you're going to put extra time and effort into coaching, mentoring and teaching. And at the end of the day, they're, going to go somewhere else uh or, or there you know there's going to be a something different it should be um, part of a larger plan on both of your parts yes yeah and you know and one thing that i find uh that we do for our clients and the way that we've structured our business is um you know we have a deep understanding of uh the industry as a whole uh, and also the businesses that we've been working with for a, a number of years and understanding the personalities and everything that goes into it in order to uh, provide a very valuable, high quality content generation and marketing strategy and, and that sort of thing. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> that was this week's commercial. And now we're getting into the history, which... I've been waiting for for hours. It's 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 been such a special, special, special day. So our new feature is I look up stuff in old newspapers and read it to Todd about Delmarva. One of the things that I discovered um, this week is if you type Delmarva, you're mostly going to get stories about the chicken festival um, <laughs> because that's what it's, it was. That's what it was known as. I don't like to use the Daily Times or the Wilmington News Journal if I can help it, because all of those stories are about the area. I like to use papers from out of the region because mm. that means it was something so significant that, for example, the Philadelphia Inquirer decided Ooh. to cover it. And so this is uh, this is from the Philadelphia Inquirer Inquirer written by Rolf Reichen, R-Y-K-K-E-N. Um, and the headline is the best. The headline is Dewey Beach considers adding some don'ts. Some don'ts. Yes. And as you said before, there was a there was a kind of a lawlessness in Dewey Beach in the 1980s that, you know, rose and fell and came to a head. Um, next week or the week after, though, I, I have a story that. I found a while ago and I just have to look it back up about um, about Rehoboth's Beach crusade to keep out the gays. And oh, yeah. I, def I definitely want to I definitely want to revisit that. Um, but just to show this story starts like a New Yorker article. And, it and when, me, when did this uh, when was this published? This is Sunday, July 22nd, 1979. 79. And I'm going to read a bunch of it. I usually don't like to read too much of it, but this is really good. And. It just paints the right picture. Um, I'm, I'm going to hold on for a moment while I cough again. Excuse me. I'm, I'm excited for uh, the 79-year-old version of. All right. Are we ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Let us begin. At a small party in Washington last week, a tanned, casually dressed elderly woman with a glass of white wine in hand was extolling the virtues of Little Dewey Beach on Delaware's resort coast. 
A longtime summer resident, she said it was still charmingly unchanged compared with neighboring Rehoboth Beach, which she considers overdeveloped and burdened with too many teenagers, T-shirts, and tourists. <clears throat> On Wednesday, year-round Dewey Beach resident Alice Walsh shook her head when she heard that story. It has changed, she said of Dewey Beach, where she has lived since 1953. The status quo is kids urinating in the streets and drive and living in their cars. Dewey Beach is different from its neighbors, different in a way prompting the current troubles. Unlike Rehoboth Beach to the north and Bethany Beach to the south, where large signs offer a litany of things you simply cannot do, Dewey Beach has no rules. It never has. On Dewey Beach, you can picnic. You can drink beer. You can play with your dog in the surf. You can also drown without having a lifeguard trying to save you. That is Dewey Beach's attraction, but also its curse. What a beautiful, beautiful opening to a newspaper story <laughs> first. <laughs> and so and without rules, you can get rowdiness. And this year, some Dewey Beach residents say has been really rotten. No, gotten. It has gotten so bad, so noisy, so uncontrollable that some members of the newly formed Dewey Beach Citizens Association have thought have sought annexation by Rehoboth Beach. A public hearing that propo- uh, for that proposal is set for Tuesday in Rehoboth, and the issue could come to a vote in both jurisdictions as soon as August 25th. We know, spoilers, that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the idea of summer people complaining about other summer people is one of the things I hate the most about the Eastern shore. Now I like, I hate a lot of things about the Eastern shore. <laughs> Famously. Famously. Uh, but people who don't live here complaining about other people who don't live here, who don't like to vacation the way that they like to vacation. It makes me want to go on a, on a, on a shooting spree. Speaking of which. <laughs> the possibility of government control that and the control that goes along with it cannot come soon soon enough for Bar- Barbara Doherty of Wilmington, whose family first hit Dewey Beach about 40 years ago. The Dohertys and their three children have actually given up coming to the weekends on their Swedes Street summer home. Do you know Swedes Street? Oh, sure did. Is that still the party street? <clears throat> no, I mean, there's every street is the party street. <laughs> OK, well, let's continue then. I can live with some things, says Mrs. Darty, aged 38, who recently had a dream about mowing down teenagers with a machine gun. Oh, my goodness. I, I can live with some of the noise, but not the language, not the urinating, and not uh. the beer bottles. <laughs> Merging with Rehoboth Beach would bring Dewey Beach under the authority of its police department. A plus, says Doherty, because they are getting little to no attention from the state police who have a troop less than a mile away. And then the next part of the story is the trooper saying, you're out of your mind. We're, we're there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we are literally always there where we have, we have calls after calls after calls and we always answer them. And guess what? This isn't even close to the worst year. And so um, th- this is the cop who did not want his name used. He says, They're stretching the truth if they say we don't respond. We've got an extra officer working in the area, and we're keeping documentation of complaints, particularly from Swede Street. There is no greater amount of rowdiness, and 
there's no greater amount of rowdiness and maybe not as many incidents this summer compared with others, he said. And that is most of the story. It, it goes on. Um, we know it starts on Memorial Day and runs through Labor Day. Mrs. Walsh said we tolerate it because we know we'll have all winter to themselves. So this is the part of the story where the people that actually live there are like, mm-hmm. yeah, all summer people are assholes, whether they own the houses or not. <laughs> yes. And then um, they make the argument against annexation because they live in Dewey Beach and they're like, you know, annexation means we have to start paying for things now. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and this is in 1979. And they said it'll lead at at least a couple of hundred dollars a year to their taxes. Um, mm-hmm. The cheaper solution would be to permit the election of three town commissioners who could regulate traffic noise and rowdiness and impose penalties on lawbreakers all at no extra cost. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice that, and this is, this is the lady against that. That's against the annexation. It's nice to come here and have no bureaucracy, no police. My father raised me without the benefit of city ordinances and city police. I like to fish on the beach. I like to fish on the beach. I like to use the beach for family activities. All of this is restricted in Rehoboth. Those who want a reimagined lifestyle live in Rehoboth, a oh, regimented, excuse me. Those who want a regimented lifestyle live in Rehoboth Beach. And I just, that, I liked Dewey Beach so much better by the time I got to the end of this story. Yeah. Um, for all of those reasons, because it was like this one from Wilmington says it's nasty. And this one yeah. from Philadelphia says they let animals in the water. And <laughs> and I'm like, vacation someplace else then. Buy, buy yeah. a house on Hatteras, you know? Uh, yeah. You, and... Those you know the, what you're you know what you're getting, so it, deal with it exactly. And and what it, what what it re, reminds me of is you talking to me in the past about how Dewey Beach kind of falls in this middle middle area between what um you know between the, the between it has this name as like a as a kind of a party place for that mm-hmm. reason. Well. Are you ready for me to to maybe blow your mind a little bit? Sure. Alice Walsh, uh huh, is quoted in the story as a resident there. Is the mother of Claire Walsh? Claire Walsh, who I know pretty well, is was working at the Starboard for Chip Hearn. She hired Steve Monty Montgomery to be a bar back. 20 whatever years. Uh, oh, that years is absolutely fantastic. And Claire or and Claire Walsh had Nicole, her daughter, who's a few years, a handful of years younger than than me, but who we see all the time, who worked at the Starboard for a good number of years, now is like a pastry chef for a new place in Rehoboth. Like this is uh and, and I didn't have a chance to know Alice very well, but um, uh, she was uh, a legend <laughs> in in that town, and <laughs> would uh, was a regular at the Starbird well into her nineties. And I mean, it was uh, I, I, as soon as that name <laughs> came up, I just thought, "Oh man!" I mean, this is like some. Uh, you know, Yellowstone family tree stuff. <laughs> that is absolutely, that is absolutely wonderful. Yes. So she was for annexation. Um, yes. And, but she was the one that brought up that 
it's just the summer people complaining. Um, Mrs. Walsh, 48, concedes that most of the complaining comes from Dewey's summer residents. The year-round residents, of whom there are only a few hundred, the town's population swells by several thousands in the summer, brace themselves for the anxieties of the summer tourist season. We know that, and she was one who said, we know it starts on Labor Day and runs through, um, I'm sorry, Memorial Day to Labor Day. We yeah, tolerate yeah. it because we, we know we'll have the winter all to ourselves. So yeah. that was the, 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 that was her big quote. Um, there's another one, uh, Joanne Slights. Is, is that? I guess I should check with you to see if, yeah. if you know any of these people. <laughs> uh, uh, so Joanne Slights says you shouldn't do anything at all, and she's a member of the Citizens Association, and she feels the annexation drive has blossomed too quickly. She favors making Dewey an unincorporated town, which is also possible. And then the uh, angry lady, Mrs. Doherty, said um, at the, the last quote of the story. The gun, gun toting in her yeah, dreams, the, Mrs. The one Doherty. who dreams of mowing down children with a machine gun. Oh. Um, Mrs. Doherty said, I heard a good solution. We just could move the streets suite, Swede Street sign down a couple of blocks and put it in front of Mrs. Slight's house. Oh, man. Ooh, it got nasty. Yeah, no, it, it, it got a little hot. <laughs> uh, so that was oh. that. That was that was that was the big news this week from the uh, from the from the the history of Delmarva, and I think the the big takeaway for me um, is this is this idea this disconnect between the people who live here all year and the people who own property here and want it the way they want it when they come it's like yeah it's it's unfortunate what, go ahead it, it and it what is interesting to me is uh, like almost to like how similar the complaints are on both sides or you know complaints and arguments are on both sides today you know of course every, someone's going to say oh rehoboth is too developed and Dewey, dewey's too crazy and it's yeah. like if those people from 79 could be living right now or, or see it see it right now it's exactly the same and both have you know escalated you know like at like at the same at the same rate it seems i that's that's interesting well that is it for this week and that is it for my story um like i said hopefully i'll get to the anti-gay rehoboth by next week um i do have there is one other brief that i'm going to share with you because Mm -hmm. we have a couple seconds and you know, it's it's almost irresponsible to to read it because I'm going to accuse someone of murder, but um, <laughs> I I have to I have to do it anyway. There is a story about uh, it's gone. Never mind, I lost it. It was about a young man who shot his wife in the back with a 22. Um, it's like bride murdered on wedding night kind of thing, um, and. He, the police got there. He's like, I was cleaning my gun and went off and shot her in the back. They're like, okay, sorry for your loss. And that was the end of the story. Like it was like, this was, this was, this was, this was back in the fifties. I believe Um, he was, he was just pointing his gun at his wife's back while he was at it, while he was cleaning it. And it, it, it went off. It was a 22, which is one caliber above a BB gun, but it managed to get her right in the right spot. Yeah. And 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 the poor woman died. 
Um, yeah. There was another one, Man Dies in Shooting, was the headline. But the man, you know, the man committed suicide. And I thought that was an interesting hmm. interesting headline was, yeah. you know, died in, sh- well, died in shooting is, makes me, I read it because I wanted to see who shot him. When, you know, if, if right. it said man dies by suicide, I wouldn't have read it because I guess that's why they, that's why they call them headlines. But that, I yeah. thought that was a little gross and I wanted to make fun of that, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as pressing as, as talking about now the, the famous Mrs. Walsh, who I, who, <laughs> whom I didn't even know was famous until now. <laughs> it's, and that was, as soon as he said that, I, I like, I puckered up a little bit. I'm like, uh oh, where's this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll throw that story up on the uh, newsletter. So I guess that's a, another good reason. I'll, uh, mm-hmm. I'll throw the PDFs on the newsletter in case anybody wants to read them in their totality. Um, cool. But other than that, I got nothing else this week. How about you? Mm, I got nothing. All right. Well, until next time, remember at the beach, it's happy hour whenever you say it is, especially do it. <laughs> Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week. Mm-hmm.